It's Thursday at 10 a.m. and you're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM, talking all things sports with a special focus on our Auburn Tigers here on the Plains. If you want to be a part of today's action, feel free to tweet at us at Daniel J. Locke or the Griggs B. Let's get into the action. And good morning, everybody. Welcome right into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM, your premier sports show here at Weagle. We're here in the Bradley Basin Studios in the Melton Student Center, just on the campus of Auburn University. Five minute walk from Drew and here, probably even less than that. And no we are here. five. That's like one. One, maybe two. It's right outside. Whatever. But we are here today. <laughs> we, I'm here. I'm Griggs Blankenberg. Alongside me is Mr. As always, Mr. Daniel Locke. Daniel, how are you doing this morning? Griggs, I'm very good. Thank you. Uh, good morning to you as well. Griggs aced his test. Let's go, Griggs. Let's go. I'm ace it. Well, by ace, we mean I just, I'm already done with it and I can get on my day so we can call soccer tonight. Tune yes. in here, Weagle 91.1. What is that, 6 p.m.? Uh, 6.30. 6.30. We'll go on the air at about 6.15, give or take a minute or two. I will be running from class to that, so oh, yeah. go away for that. The UMass Lowell Riverhawks are in town. We're doing great with the plugs recently. Me and Noah were plugging our show in the our uh, apartment group me but anyway let's just get out of that let's talk some football but first we're talking about let's just talk Auburn football first since we are Auburn student radio here first off Auburn took on the Mercer Bears last Saturday the final score of that one was Mercer 16 Auburn Tigers 42 Auburn takes a 1-0 and record to start the season yes they sure do um put up a good amount of points uh, I don't think they quite covered is that correct uh no, I don't think they have a spread for this game. Um, uh, no, they didn't. Those the line was minus thirty when the game started. They hit the over though. Well, they had four hundred ninety-seven yards of total offense, and no matter who you're playing, people thought that this Auburn offense was going to be stagnant. But it's hard to put up four hundred ninety-seven yards, no matter who you're playing, and they did that, and. The only battle that they really didn't win against Mercer was turnovers. And, I mean, time of possession. But, I mean, if you score more points, I don't think time of possession really matters that much. Fair enough. Uh, the thing that concerned me a little bit was I didn't, don't really like seeing a, a FCS team get 271 yards on you. Fair enough. That, but, was, kinda con- that was kind of concerning maybe. I mean, I mean, this is one of the, this D-line was touted as one of the best in college football, and I felt like – how many? I don't think we got too many sacks, did we? I think we had like one think or so. two. Yeah, it's, yeah. Let me look that up if you want to bring up another point or sure. something. So TJ Finley, he was the, I guess he was the starter at quarterback. Oh, yeah, he he literally was. He started the game. I don't know what I was thinking there. Uh, he went nine of fourteen for 112 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, a 64.3 completion percentage, and a 126.5. QBR, so not bad. I mean, it could be better. Obviously, two picks aren't good. But then, if you look at Robbie Ashford, Mr. Ashford went 4 of 7 for 100 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, um, for a 57.1 completion percentage and a 177.1 QBR. Highest in the SEC. Highest in the SEC. Among the best in college football as well. However, that's not a great big sample size, but can we talk about what that kid can do on the ground? Yeah, uh, I just found one quickly. Uh, sure. The thing that really disappointed me is, we t- again, we t- how this defense's line is so great this year. They only had one sack versus Mercer, yeah. and then they also only had three tackles for loss. Derek Hall had one. 
uh, Iku Leota had one, and Keontae Sky had one. But yeah, and I feel like um, Mercer's quarterback is very mobile, so you're always going to have less sacks versus a mobile quarterback versus a pocket passer. Um, from what I've looked into, San San Jose State's quarterback, his name's escaping me. He's more of a pocket passer, so I expect that they'll get that ironed out this and week. And then one more thing on the defense, where we probably talk most of the rest of the time on the quarterbacks. How about a game? How how about a game for Cam Riley, man? I know, bro. He had ten more tackles than any other person on the team. He had nine solo as well. That the uh, the next highest one was two solo tackles. So shout out to Cam Riley. He's really showing that he's capable of kind of filling Zacoby McClain's shoes, who mm-hmm. led the college football in tackles last. And if our past even showed anything, we're gonna need a little bit of help in that middle, like yes. that the passing area in that corner safety zone. But that's expected when you had such a great room last year mm-hmm. with. Headline by Roger McCreary, who we'll talk about in the NFL previews, now yeah. starting over last year's first-round pick. Exactly. But yeah, so, quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. So, as I was mentioning, I've given their past stats so far. Robbie Ashford had 68 yards on the ground off of six carries. And can we talk about that time? He absolutely trucked that safety. Oh, that was incredible. I wasn't even – we'd already left because of the rain. We're sorry. Soggy socks and I'm gone. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was – we made. I think we made. I made the wrong choices because of the fact that it started up like twenty minutes after I got back to my apartment. So, eh, we'll learn. There's a reason my favorite NFL team plays inside. Uh, mine doesn't. So I've had to deal with that one or ten times. It was actually Cam's like one of Cam's best home, first home wins. I was there, but yeah. Um, the thing with me that's interesting about Ashford is, are we going to let him be able to? Um, People were really pushing for him just because, oh, we don't want TJ to hold the stigma from last year. He throws two picks, but people forget he played pretty good in that first first quarter and that second quarter minus that pick right there. Yeah. But to think about it, I mean, everyone's pushing for Robbie, but the things that came out of training camp were kind of true. I mean, he's so inconsistent. We were told he was very an inconsistent passer, Robbie Ashford was. He's really great mobile on the ground, but we only got a six-pass sample size for what he can Correct. do. I mean, granted, TJ only threw the ball 14 times, but – I want to if this week is anything because I'm fans need to know this right here. I think you'll agree with me with this. Whoever is starting that Penn State game, barring injury or just an absolute dumpster fire, is going to be the starting quarterback for the rest of the year. Yeah, and what I kind of adding on to that, however, uh, whoever comes out on top uh, after the San Jose State game, I feel like at that point it's really going to be their job to lose, whether it be Finley or Ashford. Calzada is still being hurt. I feel like like really next year is when we'll see Calzada. But for this year, it's going to be between those two. It's going to be interesting, too, because th- all three of those guys I don't think are seniors. I think they all still have eligibility left. I know yeah. Zach at least does. TJ's a junior. Robbie's a sophomore. Zach's a sophomore. And obviously Holden Garen's a freshman. I don't think he sees the field this year. I don't think he is either, but I think he could become into like could come into another quarterback. Oh, we could be having another quarterback battle next year. Oh, Which is sure. what we're saying. With, uh, the way Harson was talking about Holden. Mm-hmm. And like you, the bet comments like bet purest thrower I've ever seen, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's so, what Auburns really need the, after we need like a good pure throw. I mean, Bo is pretty mobile esque. I wouldn't say as mobile yeah. as like Robbie, but like we need like a good like pocket passer, especially with these receivers, the good receiving core that I Killer's got bringing into the program. Yeah. Um, and like Brian Harson saying he's very open to a two quarterback system. In his press conference on Monday, which kind of a little funny thing about that is I remember tweeting out, stay tuned for updates, then proceeded to forget the tweet out updates. It, so, ha- it happens. I'm sorry, Daniel J. Locke fans. It won't happen again. But anyways, uh, Brian Harson spent a good three minutes talking about his dislike of a one quarterback system. He prefers to roll with two. And that that's pretty contrary to what a lot of coaches like to do, but that's just not the way Harson rolls. And he mentioned, I believe it was 2019, when Boise State won the um, – 
Mountain West Championship with their third-string quarterback. He was I talking agree. about we lost one game that year by three points, and most of the year we were led by the third-string quarterback, much like what Ohio State did in 2014 with Cardell Jones, who was the third-string guy to start the year, kind of taking over. And then the most famous one of the two, uh, Jalen. Right, year. right. So, contrary to popular belief, two quarterback systems can work. Mm-hmm. It can work. I mean, it's not preferred under most teams because they want to just have one set guy. But yeah, Which I get that, too. Mm-hmm. But what I've seen some people do is, like, they'll bring in a different quarterback for third down, like, as in some people, other teams will bring in a fresh running back on third down. Yeah, if you need yeah. some yards, you got to get someone fresh in there. I mean, that's what I thought Jarquez was going to be most of the other day. I mean, he didn't. He scored two touchdowns, but... Or did he score three? He scored three. Tank scored two. Yeah. Yeah. So, kind of moving into the San Jose State game a little bit here, a team that Brian Harson knows very well because they are also in the Mountain West Conference. Um, Harson's played San Jose State many times. He knows them very well. Last week, San Jose State beat Portland State 21-17. Not great, especially since... You know, that team's very, very inferior to even San Jose State. Mm-hmm. But looking at their quarterback play so far, Shavon Cordero, and his last week he went 15 of 30 for 239 yards. That is a obviously a 50% completion rating. Uh, threw for one touchdown, no picks, but get this. Man got sacked seven times versus Portland State. Oh, no. I mean, I think that means contrary, we're going to be able to tell. If our defensive line can't get more than one sack here, we might have a problem. Yeah, that, that's what I was hinting at. So, And then we got in the receiving game, we got to watch out. You see their guy, Elijah Cooks, six catches, 123 yards. So. Yeah, but if we stop, we don't have to worry about ground attack. Like, listen to this, Kyrie, Kyrie Robinson, 10 carries, 35 yards. Yeah, they don't have a ground They're attack. not running the ball. No. Which I thought Auburn stats are showing 285 rushing, 212 passing. I thought we would have. I mean, for a running team, you don't want to have too much more than your passing just because no, passing gets right. you so much yards. But that's still, if you're still rushing more than the ball, that's what I want to see from Auburn. Even if we pass a little bit yards a little bit more, I just want us to be able to run more. But, yeah, let's go into something else. Also right here, the spread, Daniel. Uh, you you want to play guess the line? Yeah, I'll play guess the line. You can see I'm not cheating. Yep, you're not looking at it. Guess the line for tonight. Uh, shoot. Okay, last week it was, I think, like 31 and a half, give or take. It finished at 30, minus 30. Minus 30. Inferior opponent this week, I believe. I'm going to guess it is minus 37.5. That's actually kind of off, really off, actually. Minus 23. Minus 23. Minus 23. Auburn is a minus 23-point favorite, and the over-under in in this game is 50.5 points. Um Unfortunately, Danny, I know you're going to be the student section of this game. I'm covering my first game for Weagle football this year. Um, thunderstorms are possible again. Yeah, kind of sucks. I'm definitely going to drag along the rain jacket, and I won't be wearing white this week. Hmm. I- I'm thinking I'm not going to do the polo this time around. I'm going to be more prepared for the rain. I think I'm going to wear athletic shorts with an Auburn T-shirt. I know it's not the student section standard, but... Those clothes, obviously, will do better than the rain. I'll wear a pair of throwaway tennis shoes again because, obviously, you can't bring umbrellas in. I don't have a pair of throwaway tennis shoes here. I have all their all at home. It's kind of sad. I brought but. a pair. I brought two pairs just for that pair. One's, like, shoes to wear to the gym or go for a run. And one, I have one pair of tennis shoes here specifically to wear to football. All right, we're going to talk about the this game later and who you got. Before we go to break, Daniel, do you see Auburn covering this, and what is the one thing you want to see in this game? 
yeah, I, I think we cover. Um, that that spreads really low, so I, I don't foresee that being an issue. And the one thing I want to see is I want some passing touchdowns, and I would like to see some sacks. Yeah, I think we cover as well. I like what you said about the sacks, and I just want to see one of the quarterbacks step up in the passing game. We know both of them have been touted as more mobile, Robbie being more than than um, TJ. But I would like to see a two hundred yard passer. I, that'd be really great too. I'd love to see that. TJ threw for a hundred, only one hundred twelve on fourteen passes. I don't know, forgot what Robbie did, but I want to see. Yeah, I want to see a quarterback step up in the pocket versus a very inferior team, a team that allowed two hundred seventy passing yards last week. We should be able to try to get that to that. But they and hopefully we can use tank of them to focus them more on the rush. But yeah, I want to see one of the quarterbacks step up this week. That's mainly what I want. I want to see who can be the leader of this team because it's the quarterback's usually the leader on the team. Yeah, I agree with that. That is going to do it for the talk on the precap, as I like to call them, recapping Mercer, previewing San Jose State. When we get back, we're going to look at what happened in college football in week one. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Daniel Locke, Griggs Blankenberg, do not go anywhere. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me, as always, my good friend and co-host, Griggs Blankenberg. Before the break, we recapped the Auburn versus Mercer game, and we previewed the Auburn versus San Jose State game. Now we are going to recap week one of college football. A lot going on. This is a good weekend of football. Last week it was. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of good games. Let's start on the Thursday matchup side, at least. My game of Thursday night was West Virginia Pitt. Holy cow, that rivalry is great. I didn't even realize that that old big I didn't realize how much I missed those old Big East rivalries in football, but man, that was a good game. It was. It was. I thoroughly enjoyed watching that one. In addition, um Penn State Purdue was pretty entertaining. That was that was very maddening. In our jungle pick'em, I could have I would have gone nine and ten if all those one score games went my way. We'll talk more about those later, but yeah, that was very annoying. But yeah, Penn, Purdue being absolute boneheads at the end of the game on their last three possessions, they they only ran the ball one time and they were leading the game with like three yeah. minutes left. So so let's pause here. And is it too early to talk about what this could mean for the Auburn Penn State game in a few weeks? Not necessarily. I mean, there's a lot to learn from this game too. I mean, no offense to my cousin that goes to Purdue, West Lafayette's nothing like Jordan Hare, no. even though that was a night game. It was the first game for Purdue, but it's nothing like that. I mean, Penn State has their issues. Sean Clifford has always been a hit or miss quarterback. Unfortunately, when we played against them, that was a that was a hit for him. Yeah, I like how we made him look like the Heisman winner. But when the actual Heisman winner came to Jordan Hare, we held him off the scoreboard for fifty eight minutes. I think that's going to need to happen. Fifty nine. We need to have that that D line good because again, Penn State's next week, folks. It's yeah. coming quickly. It's here, and I think with. Sean Clifford also, he doesn't have Jahan Dotson. No. He wasn't uh, the kid for Purdue, Aiden O'Connell, threw for 365 yards, so he was the leading passer in that game. Charlie Jones, I can't don't know if this is – Charlie Jones, the Purdue receiver, had more receiving yards. So Purdue led the category uh, – led the led the stats in the major categories. But if Purdue if – I want to see how, how Penn State handles this week. I want to see who they play first. They play Ohio this week. I want to see if they can blow them out at home. I want to see if this team's legit because they got an interesting schedule coming up. They have Auburn next week, and then they go Central Michigan, Northwestern. Then they're at the Big House, at home versus Minnesota, and then at home versus Ohio State. So, yeah, our game's big for them for sure. 
And what else do we have on Saturday, uh, Thursday that happened? Um, and nothing. Oh, you had the San Jose State game. We already talked about that, though. Um, anything good on Friday? Oh, Illinois, Indiana. That was also very annoying. What are you talking about? I mean, from my dad's. I mean, Illinois is the team I cheer for in the Big Ten. Come on now. You know you loved it. That was a touchdown, and you know it. No, that was a touchdown. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. One well, touchdown. Ah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Chad. Uh, you know I love you. It's but... my grandparents that you need to care more about, season oh. ticket holders. We go to, like, every game. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Wow. But it's whatever. I think they st- Illinois will still make a bowl well, game. They're playing. I a- will apologize to them about that when we stay at their house when we go to Red Sox-Cubs in July. That's a long drive from Chicago to where they live. Yeah, well, we're going to have to do it. We'll figure it out. Um, moving on now to Saturday. Um, let's just start with the big one, uh, Ohio State and Notre Dame. Um, I'm going to take this. Um, I think Notre Dame here was playing not to get blown out, and they did their job. Ohio State's one of the best teams in the country, and they played not to get blown out, and they were successful in that. So, And they held C.J. Stroud, one of the Heisman favorites, to 223 yards. Yeah, like this Notre Dame team. I picked them to win. That was probably a little ambitious. It didn't quite work out, but I just knew that 17.5-point spread was too much. So, I, I... And Notre Dame only losing by 11 in the shoe is not, not a bad loss. No, and Notre Dame is a lot closer than a lot of people are willing to give them credit for. However, now that they lost one game, I think, you know, they got to run the table now. They do have to run the table. Especially without a conference championship. Yeah, they, they do have to run the table, but... The table, like every year for Notre Dame, like people talk about how their schedule's a cakewalk. If you look at it, it's really not. I mean, they play th- they play three ranked teams, all eh, everyone but one at home. You have the BYU game that's going to be interesting in in South Bend. You go on the road to Chapel Hill. I mean, yeah. with their defense right now, Notre Dame should win that easy. Uh, at Syracuse, that too proved to be a very interesting game this week. I think that's one that's going to surprise a lot of people. And then at home versus Clemson, which is a, that's going to be very good, especially if DJ's still the quarterback. In November, I don't know if that's going to be the case mm-hmm. with the quarterback that came in for them. Did you, but you then, saw him? But I, I am very excited for the USC game because this is going to be the most meaningful game in the battle for the Jules Shalea in a very long time, mm-hmm. I believe. Oh, yeah, 100% that. But Notre Dame, again, they have to run the table or everything's got to go their way if they were to lose another game. But still, Yeah, if they drop another, it's over. Oh, uh, Donna, I just – Exit out of ESPN when we were looking at stuff. Uh, what other games happened? Um, let's just start, let's just get out of the way. App State and EC are dead to me. They are forever tarnished in my eyes. How in the world does App State miss two two point conversions? It just makes no sense to me. You should be able to run the ball two yards or pass the ball. He, do you remember seeing that guy? He overthrew him for the two point conversion. Yeah. How do you do that? I don't know. He, he it happens. Com- he was committed to Clemson at one point. And he's overthrowing receivers in the end zone. Yeah, a lot of Power 5 teams all either did fall or almost fell to a group of five teams this week. It was pretty cool to watch. And then NC State barely beating East Carolina because East Carolina's kicker couldn't make an extra point or a field goal to save his life. That's two years in a row when ECU's played a uh, Power 5 Carolina team very, very competitively. And NC State moved down five spots. Did this they beat what? South Carolina last year? Who? ECU. They did not. Okay. It was close, though. I know what you're talking about. But... That NC State team shows how overrated they are. They barely beat a very, like, maybe even mildly above average ECU team, and they drop five spots. They beat ECU off of a hope and prayer missed field goal and extra point. Yeah. 
this is not a team that I'm scared about. I was scared about them originally, maybe a little bit in the beginning of the year, like before we even started. Wait, no, I'm lying. Of course I'm not. It's going to be Clemson or Wake in the Atlantic. It's ne- it was never NC State. NC State's going to drop a game here very soon to someone they shouldn't. Yeah, so moving on, kind of like not performing up to what was expected. Uh, the number 21 Ole Miss Rebels only beat the Troy Trojans just about an hour and a half down the road, 28-10. to 10. I think everything has gone – Ole Miss, we, you know this as well. They were talked about very highly in the preseason, but now it's gotten close to the season. There's a lot of concerning questions they're talking about for the Rebels. Uh, some people even have them projected to finish last in the West, swapping places with Auburn, maybe even LSU now at this point. Well, let's talk about Gunnar Watson from Troy, outperforming Jackson Dart. Dart coming over from USC, of course. The guy, uh, One of the people coming over from USC, I mean, Keaton Slovis is in, in Pitt, loses the job to Caleb Williams. He goes to... Ole Miss to fill the shoes of one of the best quarterbacks they've had since Eli Manning and yeah. Matt Corral. Hard shoes to fill, but, I mean, if you're playing Ole Miss and you're playing Troy, I mean, I don't know much about Troy, but I know you shouldn't be beating them by that little amount at home. No, Troy is on the upper tier of power or group of five programs. <laughs> they have fought their way into top, um, AP top 25 polls before, so it's not you know as bad as it potentially mm-hmm. looks, but... I think their defense is very good, and this, because of what they were able to accomplish last year, the Ole Miss offense has just such mm-hmm. a high, high reputation. Mm-hmm. But Jackson Dart is not Matt Corral. Yeah, um, Utah, Florida. This is a shocker. I mean, from both of us, we yeah, both neither pick, of us. We both pick Utah. I thought it was going to be close. You thought it was going to be a little bit more than that, but I mean, Utah should have won that game. Yeah, you know, they had so many. I mean, the interception from like the two yard line. On like second and goal, what are you doing? And I, I'm a very, very anti Florida Gators guy. Just always have been. I've just, I've always kind of rooted on their downfall. And I was really, really hoping for Utah to pull this off. But I was texting my friend Brock, who's one of the biggest and only Gator fans I know. He was like, "Man, I think Billy Napier's bought the Gators back." I'm like, "It's been one game." And they he's won, like, they yeah, won. but when's the last time an unranked Florida team beat a top ten opponent? I'm like, that I don't know, but it's one game. The fact is also Florida should not be ranked twelve now. No, that no, is no. ridiculous. Twelve is too high. That is, they beat the number seven team in the country at home. They should not be twelve. If like, you want to rank them, that's cool, but not. 12. Now the one I understand is number eleven Oregon dropping to unranked after oh, losing yeah. to Georgia forty nine to three. The leading rusher in that game only had fifty rushing yards. And Kendall Milton. Stetson Bennett has 368 passing yards. This man takes all the criticism he receives from the national media and stuff that says he's not that good of a quarterback and just shows them, okay, I have the tools around me, let's go to work. And they blank a top 15 opponent in the nation. Yeah, you hold an offense that's supposed to be pretty good out of the end zone completely. They have a five-star defense. Oregon had some five-stars on that defense, yeah. and they're giving up 49 points to Georgia. Yeah, it, it was insane because like, last year, um, defense was Georgia's obviously big strength, and the offense kind of struggled. I mean, obviously, when you have an elite defense, you don't really need a great I, offense. I mean, I said he, I give you last year's Saints, who were at who were number one in points against and number thirty-two in points for. So it's like the thing with Georgia. I mean, Georgia can win. Georgia only has to score seventeen points or something like that to win a game because yeah. their defense can hold them in. I mean, they got there was. Until they got to Auburn, no one had scored a first team touchdown. No one had scored a touchdown on their first team defense. It was Tank Bigsby, the left side of the end zone. That was the first touchdown someone scored on Georgia's first team defense all year. South Carolina had like a pick six versus Georgia's like 
second string offense. Yeah. But I yeah, I did not expect them to be they're now one of the top teams in the country still, even after losing like five of their guys and for their defense in the first round, including the number one overall pick. I mean, I'm just crazy shocked to me the way Kirby Smart is recruited like that. Mm-hmm. Where he can bounce back off a national championship team off that to hold one of the best recruiting teams in the nation, I'd say give or take non SEC in the Oregon. That's inc- I mean, that was incredible. Yeah. The way they just comp- absolutely dominated from the whistle to whistle. Yeah, great performance. Honestly, a home game. Oh, yeah. Oh. But there's a, there was a little bit more green than I was expecting, but still yeah. just a lot of Because Oregon's a – I feel like they're a nationwide brand. Like, you've got a lot of Oregon fans all over the country. Maybe not in this region so much, mm-hmm. but they do tend to travel well. Uh, Any other games we were forgetting about before us? Oh, LSU, Florida State. Oh, yeah. And then Cincy, Arkansas, real quick. Uh, Arkansas, 31. Cincy, 24. I think that's a good stepping stone for Arkansas. They got to. They're going to be interesting to see who. I think that's going to be between them and maybe A and M for the battle of second in the East in the West. Yeah. But yeah, let's go to that one real quick. Florida State twenty four, LSU twenty three, and uh, that was in New Orleans on Sunday night. Um, that was a very interesting end of that game. You go like the last minute, it goes pick off, picked off, or was it fumble? Yeah, fumble yeah, around the one on a. On a on the muff punt, LSU uh, Florida State gets down like the one. They pitched the ball, fumbled it. Then LSU goes 99 yards to score with no time left on the clock, and then they get the extra point blocked. Now, granted, I didn't say this anywhere online or anything, but in my head, I kid you not, I'm thinking in my head, man, what if they miss this extra point? What if they missed it? What if they got blocked right here? And I'm just sitting there and it happened. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, it was it was definitely one of the most nutty games I've seen in a while. And as someone who has muffed two kickoffs in their football career, it's not a good feeling. So I can't imagine doing that in such a clutch spot. But the thing about it, if you look at these two, these are this was the game of past glory trying to find that old spark. Yeah. I mean, but granted, LSU won the national title two years ago, and I'm saying that. But I know, still, it's crazy. Like people just act like that didn't happen. I mean, but that team was so stacked on both sides of the ball. I mean, yeah. look at all the people that went. There, but the fact Just look that at offense like Burrow, Chase, Jay Jettis, like so many good people. But the fact is, Mike Norvell needed that more than Brian Kelly because yeah. Mike Norvell is almost out the door. I mean, when you're losing a five star to Deion Sanders, at no no offense to the HBCUs, but when you're losing a player of that caliber to Jackson State, people, I mean, they had the chance to hire Deion, they didn't do it. But I think I don't know what Florida State's going to produce this year. Now I'm really starting to questioning what LSU is going to do this year. I mean, if they can't beat Florida State in a glorified home game, might you yeah. say, in the Superdome, a 60-minute drive for a 60-minute game, and a one-point loss. But that I don't really know what to expect now from LSU. I still think I think Florida State's going to go to a bowl. I don't think they're going to overperform anything. They'll beat their co- their coastal opponents. They'll beat. I could see them being a seven-eight win team. They'll they'll beat their Boston colleges and their. Virginia's or whoever, but LSU's now that's really questioning. Because I said on the show, I said Brian Kelly lasts a year and a half. And if he goes very, very bad in his first year, LSU's, like Auburn, is very quick to make some changes when they need to. Yeah. But any other thing from week one? I think we pretty much got it all. Football's back. Football's back. All right. You know what this is. Eagles Nest, Daniel Lott, Greeks Blankenberg, Weagle 91.1 FM. We're going to step away for a second. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with you. And welcome back into the Eagle's Nest, everybody. You're hanging out with Daniel Locke and Griggs Blankenberg here on the campus of Auburn University. 
where it is all great on this Thursday mid-morning. But let's go ahead and get right into it again. Last segment, we talked about the week one of college football. We recapped that. And then, as Daniel said, we pre-capped. We reviewed Mercer and San Jose State in the first segment. This will all be available after the fact on any podcast platform. But now, let's go ahead and get into week two of college football. It's heating up. As we, I was talking to Daniel the other day, this is week two and like week, let's say 12, not 13. It's like the quiet week in college football. Yeah. I don't feel like nothing really, minus the one game, is that's probably not going to be a game anyway, is going on major. I only have one thing to say. Mm-hmm. Horns down. Horns down. This is the one game whoa, this whoa. year. Whoa, said, whoa, 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 whoa. You're saying horns down? Horns down. This is the one game a year I'll root for Alabama. Wow. I hate Texas that much. For, for what reason? Alabama's earned their spot, okay? They've earned their spot in the spotlight. They've earned it. Love or hate them, they've earned it. Texas hasn't done jack diddly doo and they get more coverage than just about anyone, and I hate it. It's just annoying. So I'm going for Alabama. I saw a really funny stat the other day. I'm trying to find it on Twitter. I can't find it for the life of me. I have a funny stat while you're looking for your funny stat. It was stat. something about Texas and uh, – oh, yeah, I got it right here. Someone said this on Twitter. Texas football in the 12 years before King of the Hill aired, 77-60-2. That is 56.2%. Texas football during uh, in the 12 years since King of the Hill stopped airing, 83-71, and 53.9%. Texas football during the 12 years King of the Hill aired, 128 and 27, 82.6%, including one national title. So, when all I got of a sudden, th- I want them to cancel that reboot. What I'm thinking of is that's just what it's <laughs> that's pretty funny that someone found that out on that's Twitter. That's hilarious. But I mean, some people just have too much time on their hands. Um, it really does. Yeah, I hate Texas. You hate Texas. I'm going to cheer for Texas, even though I don't think it's going to be a game. I'm going to cheer for them. All right. I won't hold it against you. So, so what else we got this week? Uh, let's run through it real quick. Uh, no, a lot of non, not of, not really many. There's only like one or two ranked matchups. So let's see the ones that catch our eyes for South Carolina at Arkansas. That's gonna be at 11 a.m. on the on ESPN in Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville. I think that's gonna be good. It's gonna be good, but I feel like, from what I've read, South Carolina's O line was terrible. I mean, Spencer Rattler had the worst QBR in all the SEC last week. So, I don't know what's going to be coming to that. I think Arkansas is going to win. I think it'd be closer than most people think. But if Arkansas can pressure the line and get the Rattler, I don't think it's going to be too too. I mean, South Carolina's uh, best things have always been their cornerbacks. So it's mm. going to be a matter of KJ Jefferson. How can he throw the ball? Yeah. Then moving on, two thirty on ABC. This is part of our pick 'em later in the show. The number twenty four Tennessee Volunteers traveling up to take on the defending ACC champion, the number 17 Pittsburgh Panthers, Kenny Pickett. This is going to be a very interesting game, I think, because Pitt won last year in Neyland, if people forgot that. Yeah. Pitt won in Neyland last year. Uh, the line currently is minus 6. That's gone down from minus 6.5 to Tennessee the other, the other day, over, over under 66.5. Um, Tennessee coming off a 59-10 win over Ball State. We already talked about West Virginia. Losing to Pitt. But this is going to be a very interesting game. I mean, last year I was talking to Tennessee people. Tennessee didn't have Hinton Hooker as the starter court, starting quarterback yet. They didn't have all their stuff figured out. I think this is going to be a close game. I am not. I will save my pick for later in the show, but 
I don't know if six points. It's, I don't think it's gonna be within that. I think it might be closer. Yeah, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna have a shootout on our hands mm-hmm. for sure. Oh, and you missed the big game. I thought you were gonna talk about this game. The Pal- we've talked about this last two shows. The Paladins, as you call them, Furman Paladins versus Clemson. Oh, is that not, are they not called the Paladins? No, nah, they're the Paladins. Whoops. It's all good. I'm just messing around. Clemson's gonna beat Furman like crazy. It's not even gonna be close. I mean, maybe not. Wouldn't that be? They don't even have a line for this game since it's an FCS. Team. I know, but like. ESPN's FPI, which I've come to learn is complete bull, you know what, never go by it, ever. It's only giving Furman a 0.6% chance of victory. I think that might, if they were to win that, that'd be bigger than App State, I think. Because App State was a good football team when they beat Michigan. People forget yeah. that. Yeah. Um. What else? I mean, Wake Vandy, I mean, Hartman's back for the Deeks. That's big. Yeah, that's good. Good to see. I mean, I think they're going to – I mean, they were in, in the coach poll. They were like 16 before Hartman went out. And then when the AP got released, he, they were 22 since Hartman wasn't there. So, if they beat Vanderbilt, they'll jump, I think, a decent amount. I think I found a sleeper here. All right, let's hear it. The Memphis Tigers are traveling up to Annapolis, Maryland hmm. to take on the Navy Midshipmen at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Both, you can get into this for $22. Both teams coming off a loss last week. Memphis lost at Mississippi State 49-23. Navy lost to Delaware, fourteen to seven. Not a good look, but you know Delaware is the alma mater of the forty-sixth president of the United States, Joe Biden, and that's who he picked to win the NCAA tournament. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. So you know they're very motivated to play for the president. Fair. I wonder if the president's going. Or wait, I wonder if the president was there last week. Probably I doubt not. it. I doubt it. If, if you're <laughs> Delaware to win the, you gotta love those Homer picks, man. Gotta, oh yes. I remember when Wake was in the tournament when I was a kid, I'd always pick Wake to win. They'd lose, like, the second round. Have but, you ever watched a Cleveland show before? A little bit. I there don't was, like, really one episode guy. where it was, like, the joke was they were trying to appeal to college kids, and there was, like, this cutoff where it was, like, got two guys, like, at the University of Delaware watching the show in their dorm room. And I don't know. I'll send it to you later. I'm not going to try to explain it now because it won't make sense. But it was just hilarious. So whenever I see Delaware, I always think of either uh, that or Joe Biden picking them to win the NCAA tournament. That's funny. Um, where else we got? Any um, Kentucky at Florida. I oh, mean, yes, that's a good one. Florida should not be ranked 12, but Kentucky's 20. Uh, right what now, do you think this game means for Stoops if he can pull this off? I think the Kentucky's got a legitimate shot to get second in the East. I think now it's just a battle of who's going to finish second in both. Really, I mean, I think that in the East right now, I think the battle for second is between Florida, Kentucky, and Tennessee. It's going to definitely change throughout. What's so, do you think we are on pace for the world's largest cocktail party to be meaningful again? That's Georgia, Florida, Georgia. Florida, Georgia. I don't know if we're going to be to that level yet, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know about that one because I don't think that one's been closed in a, in a minute. I can't remember the last time that Florida won. But yeah, Florida's a six-point favorite at home against the Wildcats. Will Levis. Looked pretty good, even though they were playing in Miami of Ohio. 303 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. For all that Anthony Richardson did, I think he got a little bit overhyped with his throwing stuff. So I want to see him be able to throw the ball a little more. Granted, he had 106 carries for three touchdowns. Yeah. But you need to be able to throw the football, especially against a, a team like Kentucky. I mean, Utah's really good too, but I imagine that Kentucky's going to be better on the the defensive side of the ball now that they realize that Richardson's going to be running that much. Mm-hmm. What else do we got here on the schedule, Mr. Locke? Um, oh, Wagner at Rutgers. Right. Oh, 
So let's talk about game this. Game of the week. Oh, for sure. So, oh man, it's the time of this show every week where my ESPN craps out on me. All right. I'll try so, to find it too. Don't worry. Um, Wagner versus Rutgers. A very good game. Um, the Scarlet Knights are legit, and I think they have a chance to win the Big Ten this year. Mm. Um, and like Wagner's a very, very worthy opponent. The Wagner University. Hold on, I'm almost there. The they are. Oh wait, all the way from. I I don't think that's the right Wagner. Hold on one second. I'm the one the one thing bad thing for Rutgers is if they're gonna win the East this year and win it, they gotta go to Ohio State to win. That's gonna be maybe that might be college game day. Okay, the Wagner Seahawks in the Northeastern Conference out of Staten Island, New York. Hmm. Shout out to our guy, um, Tyler Tufolt. He's from Long Island. Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> never mind. So they have won Division Three <laughs> National Championship. Hmm. So this is a good team, I promise you. But for Rutgers, you got to get prepared for Ohio State. I mean, that might be game day at this point. It's going to be the Battle of the East. They're going to at Ohio State for the 2.30 kick, so it's not a noon kickoff. On the no. Eastern time, so that means it's going to be meaning something. Yes. What else is there that uh, – there's one more game I remember we needed to talk about farther down the list. Um, yes. Ooh, I think this is good, the, one of the best games of the week. It's going to be late, too. Number nine, Baylor going to Provo to take on number 21, BYU. Of course. This we, had to talk about Wag- we had to talk about Wagner first, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, right now the spread is at minus three in favor of the Utes – or no, not the Utes, the Cougars uh, going to Provo, Utah. That's gonna be an, that's a beautiful stadium, and this is a very very interesting matchup, I think. Yeah, um, BYU is on my bucket list for sure. Looking at this stuff too, you got BYU. You got BYU, who's been consistently in the last couple of years ever since Zach Wilson was there, one of the top group of five teams in the nation. Um, you have a Baylor team who won the Big Twelve last year. People forget that Baylor won the Big Twelve over Oklahoma State, not Oklahoma. So. And then Provo has always been a tough place to play. I think BYU beat Utah last year to hold Utah out of the college football playoff, if you remember that correctly. Yeah. Very big moment for sure. And I feel like this Baylor team's really good, and they've returned like early 2010s form. Hmm. That'd be very good. And there's one more game I want to talk about just quickly. Um, maybe a little bit under the radar. App State at Texas A&M. A&M's offense meets App State's defense. Both are not that great, but if App State – can figure it out on the offensive side of the ball against Texas A&M's defense. That's going to be the matchups I'm going to be looking at. It might be turned into a very interesting game since A&M didn't do much as we expected. To, I don't think what they did is not worthy of being number six in the nation. If no, that's no. if I'm making sense with that one. Yeah, and I mean, God goodness, App State is definitely better than Sam Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, two. That's two thirty on ESPN two. That's gonna be in College Station. I'm kind of excited for Idaho at Indiana, seven o'clock on the Big Ten Network. Iowa, <laughs> Iowa may not score. I, that last week was still one of the craziest things ever. Iowa wins seven to three. Oh, did over I say s- Iowa? I meant to say Idaho. Oh, sorry. Excuse I thought me. let's go to Iowa. We've been even talking about the last segment. Iowa, Iowa wins against Sam. Uh, South Dakota State seven to three off of a field goal and two safeties. And in my, their offense is more anemic than last year. In all of my years of watching football, I've never seen a team win off of two safeties and a field goal where it was looking seven to three. I would have thought it was a touchdown. I've or, seen a team win off a field goal and a safety. The Auburn Tigers. I I'm still not enough an Auburn fan yet to uh, know about. Watched a 2007 or wasn't eight that against game. Mississippi State yeah. where they won three to two? It's a scene. 
Okay, but yeah, that is going to do it for our week two segment of the show. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the Heisman. We're going to be talking about the John Heisman Trophy, who we think is going to be, who's leading right now, and what we think is coming up. You're listening to the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagle's Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Daniel Locke. Alongside me, as always, Griggs Blankenberg. So far today, we have recapped Auburn Mercer, previewed Auburn San Jose State, given our week one recap, our week two predictions. Or not really predictions, just more of a preview. And now it is time to talk about the Heisman conversation way too early after week one, as well as some potential playoff contenders, maybe some where we think teams might end up bowl-wise, all that good stuff. It's coming your way right now. So... Bryce Young, I feel like, has the best odds of a repeat Heisman winner in a very long time. Oh, yeah. He's got the best odds for a repeat winner since Tebow back in those days, I think. But he's going to have some... Alabama schedule, I mean, they're so highly... The Heisman's just starting to become a team award for the offensive player, really. Yeah. I mean, Hayden... I mean, Aiden Hutchinson made it to New York last year. But you got to look at people like Will Anderson. I mean, what else could he do better last year? He was obviously the best player in college football. It's just the Heisman doesn't go to the award. He goes to the player who's the most important to a team. Mm-hmm. Not really just the person. So that's why Heisman, I think, has lost its meaning a little bit. But, yeah, I think um, he's uh, Bryce Young's probably the favorite to repeat. Um, other people that were impressed me last week, as much as I hate to say it, Drake May looks really good. Drake May looks like a very good quarterback. Maybe not this year for Heisman, but in the future I could – potentially see something like that happening i mean remember he was committed to the university of alabama decommits goes to north carolina continue on that family legacy that his brother luke has set in chapel hill that's going to be interesting and then sean tucker out of syracuse could have transferred decides to stay plays very well against louisville last year he was one of the top running backs in the acc last year i think he's got a good shot as a dark horse very under-the-radar person that would do that. Um, CJ wasn't too, too good. That's the other person they're talking about for Heisman odds right now. You know that. You, we watched that some of that game. Yeah. But he didn't do really too much, I think, to improve his stock. So that's yeah. what my thoughts on the Heisman so far. Yeah, um, I'm kind of with you on that. If it were to be a defensive player this year, I obviously think it would be Will Anderson, unless he just kind of falls apart. Um, maybe Auburn. Maybe Derek Hall. Or not Derek Hall. Maybe Tank Bigsby will be the reason that um, our boy Will Anderson does not win the Heisman. Tank Bigsby, if he, even, let's go to Tank real quick. Tank's had two touchdowns the other day. If he wants to get into that dark horse conversation, he needs to just keep having it up. I mean, especially in those games like the Penn State game, they're going to be on national TV where you know all yeah, those people are going to be watching. I feel like Jarquez probably gets a little too few or too many carries for um, Tank to really be able to like stand out as a candidate. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love to have a one-two punch in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but it would be cool to tie Alabama and Heisman trophies again. As our, reason, as our, um, as our friend Jack said the other day on the show, um, we had the, I think he's correct on this, we had the best running back room in the country. Not the best all-around running back, and which is B. John Robinson still, in my opinion. But we think I, we had the best one, you said, one-two punch in the nation. Yeah. If we can find some receivers to match it, I think Auburn could be pretty good. Yeah, indeed. Um, let's go real quick on playoff stuff that we were talking about. 
I forgot last week. I know. I think we all three said Bama. Yeah, uh, we said Bama, Georgia, Clemson, or no, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, right? Yeah. And then after week one, who do you think? Um, for me, after week one, looking at the rankings and stuff, I mean, it's hard after the first week. Um. I just don't know because that Notre Dame loss really hurts them, even though people expected that to happen. It's going to be interesting to see how that changes around. I mean, Georgia or Bama are going to lose at least one game because yeah. they have to. One of those two have to make it to Atlanta. Um, Michigan's good again. I don't know if they're good enough to be number four again, but I don't know. I think especially after last year, the committee is going to be Michigan would have to be like really, really good and win. The, like they would probably have to beat Ohio State again. And pick up the Big Ten title just after how they got manhandled last year. Agreed. Yeah. Um, that fourteen has become so much interesting because everyone thought Utah might have that shot out of that. Yeah. Pack twelve. Um, I, I feel like Utah's hopes have been pretty deflated. I don't want to say Clemson because they play DJ anymore. He's not. They're not going to do anything. Their defense. I, is, I hope they keep playing DJ. Their defense is so is very good. As of right now, I'm going to go Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. Just off the fact that I think if DJ doesn't do the job, they're going to bring in that kid who's the stud freshman or stud sophomore and yeah. they brought in the I've got, Tech. I've got Bama. I only think we get one SEC team. Okay. I yeah. have Bama, Ohio State, um, Clemson, and call me a homer, but I think Notre Dame can get in there. Notre Dame going – yeah, they have – the thing with Notre Dame is they can't lose another game and they have to show out against both – yeah, beat Clemson, which is what we said. They have to play Clemson well and beat them, which means then Clemson would have to run the table, and then they have to beat USC. So, and that's what you said. What's the trophy? The something of the jewels. Battle of the jewels, Shalea. Yeah, that's gonna be the most impactful matchup of that in the past ten, maybe fifteen years. Yeah. So, that'd be good. Um, what else do we got that you we want to talk about? Um, hmm. How about this? All Let's right. talk about Group of Five Conference Champions. Group of Five Conference Champions. All right. Um, boy, I'm trying to think of. So starting in the American, I think it's going to be Cincinnati. I don't know. Because UCF looks pretty good. And then Houston beat UTSA not that much, but I don't know if Cincinnati's got what it takes to repeat. I think I'm going to go UCF on that one. All right, so in the MAC. In the MAC, baby. This is hard. Let's do it. All these teams are pretty bad. Um, I mean, someone's got to win it. Someone's got to. And I'm I think gonna go it, Western Michigan. I'm gonna go Northern Illinois. I think that's okay. gonna be one. They have. A, that was a team that was really good a few years back. If you remember, I think that was the team that made the the New Year's Day group of group of five bowl. Yeah. So moving on to. The former home of Coach Brian Harson, the Mountain West Athletic Conference. That's a pretty. Uh, the West is pretty bad. The ma- the Mountain Division looks pretty good. I'm gonna go San Diego State. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Utah State. I don't think they'll lose like they did against Bama the rest of the year. Uh, no, Utah State's a good pick. Um, the Fun Belt, the Sun Belt, App State. App State after starting 0-1, you think still? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they started 0-1, but whenever you played a group of five or a power five team and played them tough as a group of five team, I feel like you're pretty good. 
I'm gonna go the Sean Declares again. Okay. Grayson McCall Grayson McCall's still there. They they lost to App last year. They at App State. App they play at home this year versus App State. That's the six thirty ESPN game. They already decided that one. That's gonna be a fun game. Yeah. So I think that, and they also play like another Power Five team. It's not as up to App State play, but they play at Virginia this year. So, mm-hmm. and then a lot of teams. I'm noticing this too. They're on this too, but they're in the same division. Georgia State. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams going there, but still, I think they're in the they're in the Sun Belt too, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm an idiot. They have to go there. So. So Conference USA. Uh, I don't. I've got UAB. I guess. Hmm. I don't really know much about it. Despite kind of being from Birmingham, I don't really like UAB that much. I went to high school with a lot of people with UAB. I want Charlotte. I want like Charlotte to be what they did last year. Charlotte was decent last year. I mean, shout out my boy Henry. He got a, Luke Keekley announced he was on scholarship yesterday. That was really cool. My friend yeah. from church back in Charlotte. So shout out to my boy Henry. I also, think also my main reason for not liking UAB mm-hmm. is I have this one guy who like I wasn't really like friends with him in high school, just mm-hmm. kind of acquaintances. He goes there. Just like a third of my high school, mm-hmm. and he always would like be like, "Oh man, UAB could beat Auburn." It's like, no, shut up. No, they could not. Well, they, Auburn did lose in the UAB Stadium last year. Not UAB. Wait, what? What's the town? Not not against UAB. That's correct. Right. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's not. Fun. I'm gonna go Florida a, uh, FAU. I think they're just still stacked from the Lane Kiffin era, mm. so I think they're gonna get the job done. Um, we have a few more minutes left. Like we didn't talk about this yet. What are your thoughts on the 12-team playoff that's been discussed? Oh, yes. Good point. I like it. Uh, well, I see the argument for people who are against it and the fact Alex. that, yeah, like Oregon would have been in it and, you know, the teams at the bottom just can't compete with the teams at the top. However, I feel like, A, it'll be good to have the first and maybe even second round games at home. Like, one day if we could have a college football playoff game at Jordan-Hare, it won't be in our time here. Well, especially because it's not happening until 2026. They said it could move up to as possible early as next year, potentially if they can get a media deal done. It's all about oh. the money. It's all about the money. Correct. Well, still, I, I still the sentiment remains the same. I don't mm-hmm. think we'll see it while we're here. But, you know, I feel like that could be good. Um, no more people crying about their team getting left out. A&M fans. Right. So and it'll give teams more of a platform to put up or shut up. I think what they overall dis- think it's good. What they've discussed so far is that first round matchups with the top four getting a bye, first round matchups being at home, then the last uh, the semifinals being or the the so six would win six teams would win that first round matchup. Or wait, hold on, eight teams would play it. The quarterfinals would be at, oh, on the road as well. Semifinals finals would be also if they could find a way to get that second game to be on home, whether. I know the Bulls got their deals and stuff they need to fulfill, but eventually I think even if they start off being neutral side games after that first round game, I think they could transfer to a sec- uh, home game stuff because they just want that atmosphere. But, yeah, I think it's good for college football, especially I – don't, I, don't like, I don't like Alex's argument too much. What he wrote about, he was like saying, I think, that the group of five – that giving the conference champions the auto bids n- doesn't mean anything. But think about I mean, it's yeah. different, but the NCAA tournament, I mean, the top – the conference champions get in anyway. Right. That don't deserve it. I mean, if they win that much against that, I mean, and then the Power Five, I mean, there's a team that's worthy of going to the college football playoff if they win that, potentially. Mm. Yeah. Even if they're they're seated bad. It doesn't mean they have to be, they could be a 12 seed and they could win one of their divisions. But it doesn't mean that there have to be that. No. And then the group of five team, one of the best ranked group of five, I think that'll be good. So it always guarantees a group of five team in the playoff. But, yeah, that's, 
I think it's good if they can find a way to get two round match two the first and second round matches at home. I think it'll be a slam dunk. Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, I'm confident and that that would end up being a good thing for college football. Excuse me, because a lot of people are kind of talking about they don't really like the direction of what where college football is going, and they just think it's going to lead to like the downfall of it. With that perspective, I kind of have to disagree, just because I'm all about competitiveness and I'm all about parity. Mm. So I feel like expanding the college football playoff brings more of those. Agreed. All right, that is going to wrap it up for this segment. When we get back, we are on to the National Football League, which is back tonight. The defending Super Bowl champions taking on the Buffalo Bills at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Griggs and I are on the edge of our seat. We cannot wait to talk to you about that. You're listening to the Eagles Nest with Daniel Locke and Griggs Blankenberg on Weagle 91.1 FM, and we will be right back with you. And welcome back into the Eagles Nest, everybody. You're hanging out with Griggs and Daniel. It's time for the second hour of the show. And now we are about to talk about me and Daniel's favorite sport, I'd have to say. Daniel, you agree with me with that one? Uh, that's hard, man. Um, crud. Maybe. Yeah, this time of year, yes. Yes. Once, it is time once we hit for, November, it's all about NHL. But it's different for us. We both like NFL more than college, yeah. I think. But this is what it means, man. It is the National Football League, as a podcast I listened to once said, NFL is king, and that is the case right here. The NFL is back, finally, after the Rams won the Super Bowl. What is it? What was that, 57? Well, let's see. Panthers-Broncos was 50. Sure. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think um, so. We, um, let me see if I can pull up the Super Bowl, what it was. I'm trying to think. Um... Well, if Super Bowl 50 happened Super Bowl 50 in was 2015, the that means that Super Bowl 60 will be in 2025. So I believe we are coming up on Super Bowl 58, which means the last one was 7. That sounds about right. How do you yeah. Like that math. That sounds about right. But yes, the NFL is back. Uh, we're going to do our week one preview later, but let's just go ahead, <clears throat> excuse me, and run through. We could take our time with this as well. Yeah. Let's run through our division winners. Want to do ours first? We could say that for the end. People want to hear okay. our predictions on that one. But first, right. AFC East. Patriots. I think this is the really. Yes. Whoa! I didn't. I was about to say this is probably the most clear-cut winner out wow. of anyone in the league. The pay. Yeah, the Patriots. Wow. I believe really. in Bill Belichick, man. Do you believe in Mac Jones? Yes. Who's he throwing to? Well, you see that they have a bunch of jobbers out there. Me, like the rest of America, I'm gonna go with the Bills. I think it's. 2-2. I mean, they lose nobody, and then they gain Von Miller on the defensive side, who is still a very good player. They have Stephon Diggs back, They lo- and I just think it's going to be the Bills this year for the in the AFC East. I think the Jets are going to improve. I don't. I think the Dolphins are going to... I think this is the last... Tua's last ride, I think, unfortunately. I so. That guy... I'm not going to get into this on the year. You know my thoughts on Tua. He can't throw the ball more than 10 yards. Yeah, and he's glass. He's glass boy. I mean, Tyler, Tyler, Tyree Kill has to run back for like the only thing helping him now is Tyree Kill. I mean, but Tyree Kill is having to like when he's trying to go break on those long runs, it's gonna have to hurt him when he has to come back for it. Yeah. For the ball. So, but I got the Bills in that one. I think the Patriots are in second, and the Jets are gonna finish in third. I think the Jets are on the come up this year. Dude, if the Jets beat the Dolphins out, that'd be so funny. Moving on now, the AFC North. That is the Ravens, Bengals, Browns, and Steelers. I've got the Bengals back to back. I got the Bengals as well. It's just a matter of can 
Joe Shiesty stay healthy throughout the whole year. I think he can. They bring back a lot of that. They lose Auburn, Auburn man, uh, CJ Uzama. See, Jeffrey, I said it right this time. Everyone, always the Bengal fans would always talk about how, and Auburn people would pronounce how I said his name wrong, but not anymore. I think the Ravens got a good shot as well. I can't see the Browns after not having no. Deshaun, not having Deshaun for the first 11. The starting week one for Cleveland? <laughs> I can't, I love it. Jacoby Brissett. Yikes. NC State guy, but um, I don't think the Steelers are going to be competitive this year. The Browns maybe would have been competitive if they would have had Deshaun the first 11 games, but Jacoby Brissett is the starter for the 11 games. No, but people forget also the Browns have Amari Cooper now. For yeah. I, for some unknown reason, I don't know why the Cowboys are just like, you know what, we're good without you. We don't need you. I'm like, yeah, uh, I, yeah I don't get you that You still either. need him. It makes me wonder if there's maybe something off between him and Dak Prescott or him and Mike McCarthy Jerry. or him and Jerry Jones. That's just... The, the Dallas just, Cowboys are – that's the one thing that unites NFL fans. Yeah, that was just so random. Like, Amari Cooper is still very good, and he just go – they just up and give him to Cleveland. Yeah, but I root for the Cowboys twice a year when they play the Eagles. Ah, fair enough, okay. Because I hate Philly more than <laughs> anyone. Yeah, we've already – we've talked about that a lot last year. That was good, some good times. Let's move it on. AFC South, that is the Texans, Colts, Jags, and Titans. So the Titans have won two or three years in a row, I believe. Yes, they're the one seed last year in Correct. the AC. Um, however, I think Matt Ryan's really going to lead the Colts not to a Super Bowl, but to a decent season, maybe like ten and seven, eleven and six. So I think the Colts are really going to take it over this year, and I just I think the Titans are definitely going to be a step back. Like as you mentioned earlier in the show, Roger McCreary, who was at Auburn last year, one of our best DBs, our only draft pick, our only draft pick, was named a starter. Um, however, I just don't really think that their defense is going to be as good, and they're a one-trick pony with Derrick Henry. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is that good. You don't have A.J. Brown anymore. Mm, you don't yeah, have, big point. As little as he played for him, you don't have Julio Jones. Mm. So you just – the roster, particularly in the offensive side of the ball, which was the weaker unit last year, has been greatly depleted. 100% agree with that. Um, I'm going to go – Actually, said those points about the Titans. I was gonna be, I'm gonna pick the Titans, but I mean the Titans again. If they don't, I mean the heck we said this last year. They didn't have Derrick Henry for like more than half the season. They still were the one seed, so that's kind of hold me back. But then again, yeah. AJ Brown. And my question is, how long do they wait to pull the lever on Malik Willis? How long are they gonna let? Because he looked pretty good in the preseason, but Ryan Tannehill's been consistent at least. True, uh, very valid points. However, I just. When you have just kind of a, a mediocre quarterback, such as um, Ryan Tannehill, or, you know, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, like, yeah, they'll have their, or a Nick Foles, mm. they'll have their flashes, but it's just not consistent. So, yeah, that's fair enough. Like, don't get me wrong, those moments when these guys ball out, like Fitz Magic leading the Washington football team to a playoff berth in 2020, and then, um, you know, just those moments when a random quarterback who's just been like kind of a all over the league, just kind of a journeyman who or Nick Foles. Yeah, I was about to say Nick Foles. Stepping Nick in Foles. for Carson Wentz on the one like, car, good year Carson Wentz had, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know finishing off that Super Bowl run with that <clears throat> incredible touchdown that Tom Brady hilariously tried to copy and failed. Yeah, that was funny. Um, but yeah, I just don't think that. I just don't think it's sustainable. I yeah. think Tannehill's like kind of done. Yeah, I think it's gonna be Colts, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans won. I think it's gonna be close. 
Yeah. Moving on now to the most interesting, I'd say, out of the all of the AC, in the AFC, the AFC West. Agree. We got the Denver Broncos, the Kansas City Chiefs, Las Vegas Raiders, and Los Angeles Chargers. Daniel, if you're looking at this division, do you think this is the best four quarterback division in football? Uh, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. I would have to say yes. Mm-hmm. So this is the interesting one this year, Daniel. What are you thinking about this AFC West this season? Goodness, Griggs. Um, obviously, Denver is going to be better than mm. they were the past few years. I really think that that um, quarterback wide receiver duo between Russell Wilson and Jerry Judy could be very good. I also think that Cortland Sutton is a very, very good number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that defense is not too shabby either. So I, I like that a lot. However, the Chargers, Justin Herbert is a very good quarterback. And, you know, he's still got Keenan Allen, and they've beefed up their defense. Obviously, you have Nick Bosa. So I could see them making a run for the division. Obviously, Kansas City is Kansas City. Um, Losing Tyreek Hill is No Tyreek Hill. You're, you're right. And that defense wasn't great last year. But Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. So, so you're going with who? I'm not done yet. Oh. Then you move on to Vegas. It was just an absolute last year for Vegas is one of there will be a thirty for thirty for that one year. It's crazy. I mean, shout just, out to Derek Carr for dealing with all of that. Yeah, and still a playoff team. So I think Derek Carr is good. I think he's a leader. Mm-hmm. And I think he can That's, lead the I locker. Agree with that. And he lost his number one receiver, Henry Ruggs. We're not going to get into that. That's all been said. But now he's got the best receiver in the NFL. The best current, I'd say the best current receiver yeah. in the NFL, Devontae Adams. So I think. This is this is going to be a shocker. I've got Vegas. I wouldn't be surprised at all. You know, I don't know what they're going to look like on the defensive side of the ball, which is the sole reason why I'm pitching, pick, uh, picking the Chargers. I think the Raiders finished second, very close second. I think it's going to come down. They're going to flex that game to that Sunday night spot like they did last year. I think that's going to be a game where that's going to be played late Sunday to decide who wins that division. But I have oh, the, I forgot to mention best kicker in the NFL, Daniel Carlson. Indeed. I have the Chargers in this one closely just because I know what they look like in the defensive side with Joey Bosa. Yeah. But, yeah, I got the Chargers, and it's going to be rare. I think they win by one game. That's going to be the flexed game on Week 18. I love the Chargers, man. Uh, Drew Brees' second favorite NFL team. I love the Raiders, too. Uh, I love this division. Everyone it's, except it's Kansas City. Moving on now, let's get to the NFC. And the NFC beast is first up. That is the Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, and the newly named Commanders. They should have stuck with I the football prefer, team. I uh, prefer Jacob Hillman and Bay Marks' nickname. Didn't have see least. I like the beast. It's funnier. Whatever. Anyways, I feel like, once again, I feel like it's kind of Dallas's to lose. The Commanders had a very disappointing 2021. After a promising 2020, um, that, that defense was supposed to be elite. It ended up not happening as uh, Chase Young had the Torres ACL, and then they just could never really figure out the quarterback play last year. Once again, stuff like Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's just not sustainable. And, like, Taylor Heineke did okay, but just not that great. I'm going to go on a different route than here. I think it's the Eagles to lose, actually. Really? With what they gained. We talked about talked about already. True. They gained A.J. Brown. They do that. They gained Hassan Reddick on the defensive line, who was Carolina's best defensive player last year, led the team in sacks. You add that to the defense. You get Jordan Davis as an absolute steal in the middle of the first round, looking like an absolute tank out there. Yeah, he'll be good for two plays and we'll have to take two off. Fair enough. But I think the question is for the only reason I'm not picking the Cowboys is because they again they lose Amari Cooper. They're very um 
they're very questionable on with Zeke with his health on that side of the ball at least. And when Zeke's on, he's on, but when he's not, it can be a very struggle for Dallas to do anything offensively. I think the question for the Eagles is can Jalen Hurts again like the other Alabama quarterback that is Tua Tonga Vailoa, can he in, in his contract year can he step up to prove to the Eagles that he can be their quarterback that they can give this money to in the future? That that's what it's all about. Um, it, it's all it all depends on Jalen Hurts' play, and. I, I could see that. I think it will either be the Eagles or the Cowboys. The Commanders will be behind one of them, then the Giants in third. I think the NFC East, we can go ahead and nickname it this year, the the um, the quarterback contract Yes. division. Minus Dak, you have Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, and Carson Wentz. Man, we got to fly through the rest of them. We can take our time. We can – week one preview next eh, – we can, we can take our time. Uh, NFC North, Packers. Uh, I'm going to go Vikings. Yeah. Um, I think Devontae Adams is just such a big loss on that side of the ball for the Packers. I'm still going to go with the Packers, but, man, I cannot wait for the day when I can predict the Detroit Lions to win that division, and I feel like it's coming sooner than we think. I love Dan Campbell. You just want to do the NFC South in the next segment for yeah. a little bit? We can just, let's do the West real quick before we go to break. NFC West, that is the Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks. Obviously not going to be the Seahawks. No, not the Seahawks, but, however— you have a team that is coming off a Super Bowl championship. You have a team who's played in the NFC Championship game and won it um, twice in the last three years. Or won it once, played in it twice. And then you've got a team, in reality, he's 5'4", stand on his newly found money, he's 6'6", and Kyla Murray. Mm, I like that Uzi lyric. Good okay. job, Daniel. Thank Proud you. That's Thank a good you. one. That was Thank a good you. one. Hats off to that one. Um, I really feel like it's the Cardinals year, man. I've been saying it. I'm going to be bold with it. Kyler Murray, new contract, D-hop. Here's the only reason I'm saying I'm going to go with the Rams again. Here's the only reason why I'm saying that. D-hop, suspended for the first six games of the year. Wait, year, how uh, did I miss that? PEDs. You did that, so. Never mind, never mind. No, you're changing it? Yep. Who are you going with now? I just don't think the Cardinals have to do it. Can't. I mean, the Cardinals last year, think about it, they were like the last undefeated team in the NFL. They went all those weeks without losing one. And then at the end of the year, they choke, which is the story. Have you ever seen that Cliff Kingsbury graphic? Well, he'll start yeah. the year incredible and then finish it awful, whether it be at Texas Tech or at Arizona. So Give me the Niners. I'm going to go with the Rams. I think the Rams. Actually, yeah, Rams. I think the Rams, the question is, can Matthew Stafford stay healthy? But I like their backup quarterback in John Wolford. So. The 40, and then the 49ers, uh, how long are they going to give Jimmy G the reins? They reworked his contract to be a one-year deal with that stuff, but. It's gonna. They got to figure out now if Trey Lance is gonna be that guy in the future, and if they're gonna just decide to go with him early. But that's gonna do it for our week. Uh, for our uh, actually, no, it's not gonna do. It. When we come back, we're gonna preview me and Daniel's division in the NFC South. We're gonna talk about that for a minute, and then we're gonna get into our week one previews. Well, in that segment, you're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle ninety one point one FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Daniel Locke. Alongside me, as always, my good friend and the best co-host in the land, Griggs Blankenberg. So far today, we've done a lot. We've recapped Auburn Mercer, previewed Auburn San Jose State, recapped College Football Week 1, previewed College Football Week 2. We talked about Wagner versus Rutgers. We have talked about each division in the NFL, except for the best one, the NFC South. The NFC South. So, this is going to be an interesting one. Me and Daniel both cheer for teams in the NFC South. I'm oh, yeah. a Carolina Panthers fan. He is a New Orleans State I'm fan. I'm a who dat. And But we are – some people – the college football is king around here, but I would go ahead and guess I'd say most people here are Falcons fans. Give boo. or take. Yes, boo. 
which is very interesting to say. I think prediction winners, I think I know who you're going to pick. I'm not oh, picking. Real quick, do you think Marcus Mariota went and watched his alma mater get wrecked in Atlanta? I don't think that, I don't remember seeing him on TV or anything. I feel like he would have been made like a meme or something like that. He I had think. to have been there. He had to have been there. I just don't think he was like one to be seen. Yeah, right fair enough. There. But for this division, since we got to get into our week one stuff too earlier, saying so Falcons think, last. Yeah, of course. I think that's going to be the case. Falcons I mean, aren't going to win six games. Yeah, I'd be very surprised with that. I think the Falcons are going to be competing for one of those top three picks. I think. As much as it hates me to say, I take the Bucks, and here's why: really? they returned Tom Brady, they got Mike Evans still, they got Chris Godwin, they have who did they they gained the receiver on the offensive side. Who did uh, they Julio. get? Julio. They gained Julio. And Russell Gage. And Russell Gage. They have one of the best receiving cores in all of football. Tom Brady still. I mean, Tom Brady still was like leading the league in passing last year. But three of their starting O linemen are out for the year. Fair enough. I think Tom Brady's just he's that guy and. Granted, the Panthers and the Saints both still have their question marks, and I think Tom Brady could overcome a semi-decent offensive line to to try to win that division again for the Tampa. Because the other quarterbacks he's going up against are Marcus Mariota, Baker Mayfield, and Jameis Winston. But, yeah. But I got the Bucks just because I think the defense is going to be too strong. Call me a homer. I don't care. It's coming back to New Orleans. It, it is. Six no. – Five NFC titles in six years. It's back. You mean NFC South titles? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. All I right. wish we had. Panthers are the first team to go th- three in a row, though. I always remember that. Was- All right, we were the second. You were the you were the second. I think you went to four in a four. row. So you guys got the fourth. Congratulations. Um, I think the Saints are going to finish second in this division. I think the Panthers are going to finish third. But I think both the Saints and the Panthers are going to be competing for wild card spots. I'm not quite as high on the Saints as I was this time a week ago. When we had, without a doubt, the best secondary. But, unfortunately, we have traded away the best slot corner in the league, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, to the Philadelphia Eagles. That's great. Yeah. Crap! My, one of my favorite players on one of my bottom five teams. I saw this really cool shirt. I'm glad I didn't buy it now. But on the top, it said Dome Patrol. Then it had C.J., then it had Marshawn, and it had um, Tyran Matthew. And on the bottom, it said No Fly Zone. Mm. And I was like so close to buying it. Well, good money decision right there. But yeah. before you knew this before that, I'm gonna talk about the Panthers for a second. You knew this before, and when we still had Sam Darnold, you know, I, I was saying lose every game in the start, just get Matt Rule out of here. I don't think this team's gonna do anything. I think we'll finish below the Falcons. Yeah. Now over the summer when we weren't here, we got Baker Mayfield. I think that changes a lot of things. It does. Baker Mayfield certainly better. A hundred percent. I think we could. It went from now being I think we're gonna lose a lot of games to. Could we fight for a wild card spot or give over 500? But the fact is, that would give us into the draft pick purgatory once again, where the Panthers always pick around that eighth spot, where we're always not good enough to be in the playoffs, but also not good enough to be in the top. We're not bad enough to be in the top like five as draft picks. Yeah. So that's going to be the question with that. And then you lose so much on that defensive side. You lose Stephon Gilmore. Granted, he didn't play too, too many games for the Panthers. You lose Hassan Reddick, who was the biggest loss, getting you most sacks. You get J.C. Horn back, though, which is very good. And then, of course, McCaffrey's back. So, if McCaffrey can hopefully stay healthy, he's had a longer time to recover these last two years. Hopefully, that can work. But that's enough for our division stuff. We'll talk more about that. NFL will always be a part of this show from here on out. Um, but let's get into the week one preview. First off, today we have the Buffalo Bills. All right. Uh, let's go through their division winners first, actually. All right. No, our award winners. All right. Let's start with this one first. 
Let's go offensive rookie of the year. Oh, Rody. Hmm. Offensive rookie of the year. Shoot, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. You go first. Offensive rookie of the year. I want to say George Pickens, but I don't know how much he's going to play. And he's got a. Someone said the Steelers lead the league in backup quarterbacks being on their roster, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> that is funny. Um, I don't know if any quarterback's going to start right off the bat. No, I think Mitch is going to hold the job on for long. I don't think they're going to give Kenny the reins this year. Hmm. It's hard. It is hard. I'm having um, to look at the draft stuff. Oh, I know who I'm going with. Who? Call me a homer. I don't care. Chris Olave. The second time you said, don't call me a homer. Those exact words the second time you said it. I I respect your decision with that. Um, Chris Olave is one of the top people. I'm going to go someone different. I'm going to go Brees Hall. I like yeah. him. I think that if they can get the job done, especially if I think they're going to finish third, he'll be running the ball a lot. It's not more about how you finish in that rookie of the year. It's about how much production you got. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with him on that. And then NFL defensive rookie of the year. Um, I'm gonna go Aiden Hutchison. I really feel like obviously he's playing at home in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think he fits that um, Dan Campbell system well, and I just I like the fit, and I think he's gonna ball out. I like that too. I'm that's actually who I'm gonna go with too. I think Aiden's gonna do a great job this year. Vegas agrees with us. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, let's go to this one. It's a more interesting one. Coach of the year. Coach of the year. Mike Vrabel won that last year for the Tennessee Titans. I'm going Dan Campbell. Really? Yes. Does that mean you think they're going to be well enough where he deserves that then? Yes. I think they're going to win seven or eight games. But is that good enough for him to win Coach of the Year? For Detroit, yes. Fair enough. Um, Golly, who do I think is going to win Coach of the Year? This is a toughie. It is tough. I'm going to go Todd Bowles, Buccaneers. I think for what he went through in the Jets, if he can just come back and just be decent with them, I think he's got a good shot to win that, especially with what he's been given from um, uh, 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 Bruce Arians. I think he can do it, uh, just based off of like what he's come through. Him. He's like, oh, this guy came from doing the Jets. He took the dirty route working with the Buccaneers and stuff, and now he's coaching Tom Brady. So that's my pick on that one. I know. Now for comeback player of the year. I don't, no, don't say it. I'm going to get called a don't, double homer here. Don't say it. There are two guys that have a very real shot for this award. Oh, no. The first one. Oh, no. Dubs, Edom, his trainer told him to be prepared, Jameis Winston. The second one. Oh, no. The person with the most receptions in a singular NFL season, one of the best slot receivers in NFL history. He is so good. No one is better than this guy when he is healthy. We are going to go with none other than Michael Thomas. Feel free to say it. You've earned it. Uh, do you really think Slant Boy is going to stay healthy all year? Yes, I do. He's back. Really? He's okay. back. He's never played with James Winston. He he's, loves James. He's going to have to run more than 15 yards. James so Bruce, Winston's his neighbor. He's going to have to throw. He's going to have to run more than 15 yards where Drew, uh, Drew Brees could still get it to him. Well, you see that that's um that's our guys. Uh, Jarvis and Chris. That's their job. His job's to run slants. Fair enough. If you have a job and you're good at it, just sort of like Bill Belichick says, we just need everyone to do their job. Now, comeback player of the year, I don't think it's going to be Winston. I don't. 
I mean, he played good in those first games, even though the Panthers did beat them at home. People forget that, actually. I just wanted to remind you about that one. Where they beat the Packers and then they lose the Panthers the next week. People forget that. Just thought, I, you, I remember just watching, thought you know. I remember watching that game on the plane home from um, the Penn State game. I was like, no way. It must have been a pretty sucky weekend for you, then. No, it was a great weekend. One of the best I've had. Yeah, true. I like that weekend, too. Um, Comeback player of the year for me. Hey, there are two Panthers on this list. Is one of them Christian McCaffrey? Yeah. And is one of them J.C. Horn? Uh, Baker Mayfield. Baker May. They're giving it to Baker May. He played all last year. I don't really know what the criteria is for that. Anyway, I'm not going to be home. I'm not going to pick Baker or uh, Christian. I think it'll be good. Just not. Where the, the, they usually give it to the person who has the best story coming back. Michael Thomas. Not Michael Thomas. Um, Come on. Hey, okay, maybe. Okay, I have a fun bet. I have a fun bet. I'm trying to think. Hold on. Well, okay. Go, go, go ahead and say your thing. If the Panthers beat the Saints, they're not week, week three. I will wear my Luke Keekley jersey on the show the following Thursday. Unfortunately, unlike you, I don't have a jersey for the every team. Well, that's where this comes into play. I have to buy. I'm not buying. No, I'm not buying you. I'm not making you buy oh. anything. Oh, this is easy. Hold on. If the Saints beat the Panthers, you're wearing my Michael Thomas jersey on the show the following Thursday. Uh, maybe we'll it's a fun bet. Maybe. Come on, it costs not... neither of us money. Fair enough. But Shake on. here's. Okay, fine. I'll wear the jersey for the for the show only, not the whole day. That's fine. All right, I'm gonna go Derrick Henry. This is easy. I think if he stays healthy. That's easy award, easy, easy money. I know that's who. NFC South is stacked with play, comeback players of the year oh, yeah. option. Daniel Jones when he's get out of here. All right, and finally, let's get this one real quickly before we go to break. NFL MVP. Of course, I like tough. to call the quarterback award. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I've got Josh Allen this year. Josh Allen. I think that's a good pick. I think it's going to be Allen, Josh Allen as well. I mean, the stars are aligned. Mahomes losing a lot of his key star power in Tyreek Hill. I think it's going to be Allen too. But then again, it's what we've talked about already on the show, or what I've said already. It's the Bills have been so overhyped. Or not overhyped to the point. I, they're a very, very, very good football team. As a matter of fact, are they getting uh, – what's the word? that They're getting? They're good enough to be getting this high, but it's too much, I think. Yeah, I, I would say agree. overhyped. I would just say very high expectations. Yeah. Even though they are set up to win that division, I think. Even though you disagree with that, you just gave Josh Allen the MVP, and you don't think he's going to win this division. So yeah. that's impressive. But I'm gonna go Allen. I think second will be Justin Herbert. It's my second. That's who also I was gonna say. I think that'd be a good chance. And then they'll throw in one like offensive player. I think the maybe like maybe like a Devonte Adams or someone like that. So who'd you say? Devonte Adams Devontae. is like the third one because they don't. They have to show that's not a quarterback award by voting like someone else, like a third, like or a Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup had one of the best receiving years of all time last year. He won the offensive, whatever offensive player of the year. But yeah. I don't know how that works. I think for offensive player years, I'm going with Devontae Adams. That's a good one. I might. I want to say Devontae too. I think maybe Debo if he stays healthy. And real quick, defensive player of the year, I'm going Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, that's a good one. I'm gonna go. Uh, T.J. Watt. Oh, I like that. He's been playing really good in that. He's and if, if the Steelers are going to win many games this year, it's going to be on the defensive side of the ball. I feel like he fits that Mike Tomlin system. Yeah, I just don't think Aaron wins it back-to-back years, even though he is – Back-to-back-to-back, you mean? That one, yeah. He's still one of the best defensive players of all time. He's getting up to there. If he wins this oh. one – Oh, I thought you were talking – oh, goodness. I thought you were saying Aaron Rodgers. No, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I got you. You're right. You're Aaron right. Donald wins like he's already won, He's already gotten all the accolades. It's just a matter of time is how much longer can he go to prove that he's the best of all time. True. Defensive. But yeah, that is gonna do it for our cover our our awards segment. Is gonna oh we didn't even do our Super Bowl predictions. Eh, we'll do, we'll, we'll, we'll do that later. 
All right, when we come back, we're going to preview the week one of the NFL season. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke, alongside me as always, Craig Blankenberg. It's been a loaded show today, too much to even talk about. But now it is NFL Week 1, excuse me, which gets started, golly, started tonight against the Panthers. I wish it was the Panthers tonight, but it is the... Why did I say that? I wish we were at the home team. That means we'd won the Super Bowl. But yes, the defending... In uh, the defending Super Bowl champions taking on the team that a lot of people think are going to make the Super Bowl this year in the Buffalo Bills. That's at seven o'clock, seven twenty Central Time on NBC. But again, we won't be there because Daniel and I are calling the women's soccer game tonight for Auburn soccer live here on Weagle ninety one point one FM. Auburn versus UMass Lowell starts at covered starts around six fifteen. So tune in. Yeah, give or take a minute or two. Yep, tune in. It's going to be a blast. Oh yeah. But yes, Bills Rams is tonight. That is a very interesting matchup, especially with Matthew Stafford still being questionable a little bit. He got shoulder surgery, they're saying, in the offseason. They don't really know what, how that's going to look. I mean, he loses Odell this year, but he still got he still got um, Cooper Cup, one of the best in, best in the business on the offensive side, going up against a very stacked Bills team in both of our MVP predictions, Josh Allen. Yeah, definitely a loaded matchup. I wonder if the Rams' Super Bowl win kind of, like, supercharged them and got them some fans. Nah. No? I just think L.A.'s just not – doesn't really care. I mean, people have already come out and said that, really. Just a money grab. I wish they would have stayed in St. Louis at least. Or at least the Chargers stay in San Diego. Yeah. So, moving on, Saints-Falcons. This one's not on our pick'em, so we can give a prediction Saint- here. Saints. Oh, the Saints are going to crush them. I it's not going to be close. 40 nothing, at least. 40, at least? Probably more. Michael we, Thomas, it, two touchdowns, 13 catches for 137 yards. Jameis Winston, 25 of 33 for 357 yards. Four touchdowns, no picks. Chris Olave, six receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown. Mm. And Alvin Kamara is going to have one arrest 14 more. carries for 206 yards and a touchdown. Really specific. Yeah. Imagine that's all correct. That'd be crazy. I would need, like, I, I'd, I'd go to uh, Gail Benson and be like, all right, you've got to bring me on as, like, a sidekick or something. <laughs> but does that mean Ian Book? Is gonna be going to get season match from Ian Book then if it's that Oh, Ian high? Book's not on our team anymore. Who's the, oh, who's the backup? Tamis? Taysom? <laughs> no, t- um, Andy Dalton. Oh, okay. I get yeah, we, Andy. We, we dropped Ian Book. I'm kind of sad about it, but the Eagles picked him up. Fair enough. So the Eagles are just taking all of our players. Browns at Panthers is next. That is going to be at 12 o'clock on, I believe, CBS. Yep. I am correct on that. That is the first game of the Baker Mayfield era in Carolina against the Browns, who were the Watsonless, and they are now have Jacoby Brissett as the starting quarterback. That line is at minus one and a half currently. That's on our pick so we're not going to say that, but I think it's going to be a very good game for yeah. one team. Hopefully that one team can deal without that. The backup quarterback playing, so that's what I'm gonna say on that one. Hmm. Moving on, now we have the 49ers at Bears. I got. I don't. Is this on our pick'em? No, no, it's not. I got the 49ers minus yeah, me too. minus seven. That's gonna be at Soldier Field. Yeah, I think the Niners will cover. This one, however, is on our pick'em. We're not gonna say that. It is Steelers at Bengals. This is minus six and a half. That's gonna be in Cincinnati at 12 on CBS as well. Yeah, um, could be an interesting game. Kind of, it's funny. This matchup 
six years ago, the Steelers are going to win it every time. Mm-hmm. But but now, yeah, changing of the guard in the NFC North for sure. For sure. Um, moving on next, we already have we. T- uh, this also is not our pick'em, so we'll talk about this one. Eagles at Lions. Line right now is at minus four. That's going to be at Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan. I think Dan Campbell's going to pick up his third win. I don't think they won. They won more than two wins last year. I think. I think he's going to pick up. I think they had four last year because the Jaguars had three. Yeah, that's right. I think he's going to pick up his fifth win as head coach of the Lions. But did you see that this is the A, it's the first time that the Lions have sold out a non-Thanksgiving game since 2019, and it's the first time that they've had standing room only tickets, period, since 2017. Mm-hmm. Bro, the Lions fans are so into this. The hard why knock. not? The hard knocks effect. Why not? Hopefully, like they're, I they're like, back. I like Dan Campbell. I hope he succeeds. But it's just and I so hate hard. the Eagles. It's so hard with the Lions. If anything, he'll be like a coordinator for someone, then get a job somewhere else. If that happens, I hope C.J. Gardner Johnson locks down his whoever his assignment is. But I hope everyone else. Uh, I imagine will be on Amonra St. Brown. But I hope everyone else. Did you see that thing? Someone sent him on Instagram. No. Oh my goodness! Someone drafted him on his fancy team, and then they he said the uh, Herman Boone speech from Remember the Titans. We will be perfect in every aspect of the game. You drop a pass, you run a mile. That line, you've seen that movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, sent that line to him, word for word, to Vermont State Brown, who was on his fantasy team. He's like, bro, what is this? <laughs> so I thought that was funny. <laughs> that is funny. Moving on, NFC North, we have the Patriots taking on the Dolphins. Not on our pick em. That's minus no three Colts, and a half. Oh, I'm looking at the ESPN. You're looking at NFL. I'm doing the ESPN because uh, I got the lines as well. My ESPN's jank and not working. Uh, but... It's gonna be an interesting matchup. You, you, I guess you're gonna say the Patriots. Oh yeah, but the, you gotta remember. I think the Dolphins have won like the last like two or three matchups. Yeah, the that, that's over. I'm gonna go the Dolphins. I think actually. Okay. I, I'm, if I'm wrong, I probably won't pick for the Dolphins the rest of the year unless they're playing someone absolutely terrible. But I'm gonna go the Dolphins. Yelling outside the studio. All good. We have the Ravens versus the Jets. It is Joe Flacco revenge game time versus the Ravens. Joe Flacco won them a Super Bowl. Minus seven That's for the, the Ravens. That's the thing that indeed happened. Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens, man. I just I don't think the Jets are going to be able to get it going with Flacco. Oh, wait. New England and Miami was on our pick em. Well, whatever. doesn't matter. Yeah. We'll move past it. This is going to be an interesting one next I have right here. It might be different on ESPN. We have Jags versus the Commanders in FedEx Field. Minus two and a half in favor of Washington. I'm going for the Jaguars just because it would be funny and I can make fun of Alex Houston if the Commanders lose. I mean, the Commanders lose a lot. We'll have a lot of opportunities this year to do that. I know. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. He's not listening to this. Um, next, we have Colts-Texans. Colts. Colts. Even though I think Davis Mills is better than a lot of people would give him credit for. Yeah, he was kind of thrown into a rough spot last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the Giants at Titans. Daniel Jones taking on Ryan Tannehill. Minus five and a half in favor of the Titans. Mr. Dimes is legit. Like um, The day after the Auburn-LSU game, which is – a top five night in my life last year. I mm-hmm. went to the Saints-Giants game where Daniel Jones led his team to victory over us in overtime in our first game at full capacity in Superdome since January 4th, 2020, which was kind of embarrassing. However, Daniel Jones is good. He's going to have a breakout year, and he's going to beat the Titans. So Danny Dimes. Fair enough. Um, This is an interesting one right here. Packers at Vikings. Packers are a minus one-and-a-half-point favorite, even though – Rodgers just come out and blatantly said that he does not like his receivers this season. Daniel, what do you think about this one? Yeah, it's hard to like your receivers when you go from having one of the best in the game right now to a bunch of jobbers. 
but you didn't hear Jameis Winston complain about it, and neither should he. So I'm going to go with the Vikings. I mean, in fairness to Jameis, he only had to play with them for three games. Five? Five? Actually, a little more than that. He got hurt, like, late October. I don't know. I just remember the video of him dancing after. That's all I remember from that. I know they won the game he got hurt in, that's for sure. Yeah, um, good game. I think Vikings win that one. I said the Vikings going to win. I just think, I mean, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are incredible. Yeah. Or a very underrated one-two punch in the National Football League. I think Jay Jettis could compete for um, Offensive Player of the Year. I could potentially see that. Next up, we sh- we could have put this one on our pick, and we'll do it, and we'll just talk about it right now more in depth. Ooh, the next two games are actually really good. I'm looking at it right here. Chiefs at Cardinals. Chiefs are a minus six-point favorite. That's going to be in Glendale, Arizona. Um, I'm st- I get I'm gonna go with the Chiefs here because of the fact that the Cardinals don't have D Hop. Yeah, I'm thinking the same. Moving on next, this one's very interesting. This one we said that could be f- eh, flex if it was like a week 17, 18 game. I forgot they can't flex the games into different spots, different weeks. But we have the Raiders versus the Chargers in SoFi Stadium in Inglewood. It's gonna be the line right now is currently Chargers minus three. This is hard. I'm going with uh, Vegas, man. I think they're going to win on a game-winning field goal from Daniel Carlson. It happened a lot last year. I just don't know, man. That's a very hard game to think about. Come from the fact that I know Raiders fans are going to travel, obviously. But then you got Justin Herbert on the other side of the ball. But then Devont- the start of the Devontae Adams era. It's just a matter of do I think the Ravens defense, Raiders defense can overcome the struggles that they have. Can okay, the Raiders' offense overcome the struggles the Raiders' defense might have this season? And it's for that reason that I'm going to pick the Chargers. If yeah. people are, they say they're going to be, they need to win this one to start off well. And finally, this game's on our pick. I'm not going to give away a winner, but we have the Bucks versus the Cowboys. That's minus two and a half. That's going to be in Arlington. It's all about how the Cowboys' front seven do. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a matter of can Zeke be old Zeke and get back to that production, especially without Amari Cooper. They have C.D. Lamb still, but they're without one of their best receivers. And maybe that they'll learn that in a clutch spot, it's best if you don't box the ref out when he's trying to spot the ball. Fair enough. You can't complain when that happens. Right. It's stupid. It's like it's like um Jamar, uh, Chase Claypool saying that. It's like blaming other people. I mean, bro, you did the whole celebration. That was your fault. Um, And finally, our mo- the Monday night game on ESPN – Broncos versus the Seahawks in at Lumen Field, minus 6.5 in favor of the Broncos. Broncos. Oh, yeah. Not even close. And we have the little bit of time we have left. We're just going to do this. Let's go ahead and say it, Daniel. Our Super Bowl predictions going into this season. Okay, I'm not going to be a homer here. Don't worry. If you were a homer, if you were a homer for this one, I'd be concerned, even though I know you're. <laughs> um, okay. So, I don't think it'll be the Bucks. That's for sure. I think it's going to – I think it'll be the Bills out of the AFC – I think they'll beat the Bengals in a very competitive AFC championship game. That's what I'm kind of feeling. So I think it'll be the Bills out of the AFC and out of the NFC. NFC is very interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think the Rams are going to go back. No, I don't think so either. Huh. You know what? I'm going to take the Cardinals. Cardinals. I'm keeping that division. I think it's going to be... I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll win the division, but they'll make a playoff run. I think. I want to say the Bills too, but everyone's picking the Bills right now. I just don't. Want, I want to be different, but I'm not. I'm gonna go Bills versus the 49ers, and I got the Bills bringing home the Lombardi. What about you? Yeah, I got the Bills as well. Lombardi Trophy in Take Buffalo. It. Taking it home over. But they're not gonna win their division. You said the Cardinals. Yeah. 
you got the Bills to go win in the Super Bowl, but now that'd be I don't is that ever happened? I think the yeah, Giants, Giants. Yeah, I remember that Giants. But yeah, that is gonna do it for our NFL preview. When we come back, it's everyone's favorite segment, who you got. Daniel and I are gonna give you our picks of the week from college football and NFL football's best games. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on a Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into the Eagles Nest, everybody. You're hanging out still with Daniel and Griggs. We've had a great show today. We've talked Auburn football. We've talked college football, and we've talked NFL. If you want to hear any of that, it'll be on the podcast after the show is uploaded. But now, our final segment of the show, it is time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It's who you got. Coming into this one, our records are now 18-12. and 12. Mr. Lockers has that record, and I am at 15-15. and 15. So quite the comeback for me, but Daniel still holds a three-game lead over me going into this week. So week, what is this? 15, that's week four. week four. Who you got? Yep. Let's just jump right into it. Mr. Locks winning for this one. So let's go ahead and do it. First up, we got college ball. We got four games and then the all one at the end. We have number one Alabama going to at number nothing. Number at, nothing. Te- at Texas, that's going to be in Dowdy Cook Stadium. I think that's what it's called. Something like that. Something like that. Memorial, something like that. 11 I'll say Dowdy Ficklin, but that's, that's across the that's country. That's ECU. Yeah. Yep. 11 a.m. on Fox. Daniel, who you got? Horns down. Um, I'm not going to say the other thing, but Bama. I got Bama, too. I'm going to read some real quick one thing. There was a Texas fan online saying, don't rush the field as we win. We don't dogpile until we get to Omaha. We don't need to rush the field after a regular season win. And someone on Twitter goes, talking about this, and goes, it's an A&M fan. He goes, ooh, we expect to win. We shouldn't rush the field. My brother in Christ, 10, year, 10 months ago, you lost to the University of Kansas on that field. If you win, you better tear that stadium down brick by brick. Unfortunately, I think that stadium is still going to be standing. I'm going with Bama. It's going to be standing. Yeah. Sure. Moving on now, we have number 24, Tennessee, taking on number 17, Pitt. That's going to be at 2.30 p.m. on ABC. Daniel, you got? This is one of, I think, three that we're picking different today. I'm going with the Volunteers. I'm going with Pitt. I like it that Pitt's got a new rejuvenate, been rejuvenated after the SC title since, or ACC title. A lot of people showed after that backyard brawl. I think a lot of people are going to show off for this game. They won last year. Granted, they had. Kenny Pickett, and then Tennessee didn't play Hendon Hooker. But I think uh, Keenan Slovis can get the job done, so I got Pitt. All right. Moving on now, we're going down to the Swamp, number 20, the Kentucky Wildcats, taking on the number 12, somehow, the Florida Gators. That's at 6 p.m. on ESPN. Daniel, what you got? Florida's proven that the Swamp's legit, and that I really think that they can compete with anyone there. And I feel like Kentucky's still slightly overrated, so I'm going to go with Florida. I'm going with Florida. It's off the swamp. I think Will Levis is a good quarterback. It's just the swamp has proven once already this year that it can do it. I think they can do it again. Yeah. Now we are heading over to the land of Provo. I'm talking about Utah. Number nine, Baylor going to take on number twenty one, Brigham Young University. That's BYU. That's at nine fifteen on ESPN. Daniel, who you got? I've got Baylor. Very good. And I don't think they're gonna let this one slip. I'm actually going to go BYU here, and I just think it's so hard to win in Provo. You had teams last year like Utah who barely lost the Rose Bowl, which is probably one of the best games we saw last year. Barely lose that game. They lost to Utah, and then Utah lost in Provo last year. I think it's going to be an insane environment there. They don't get too, too many ranked matchups now with the Pac-12. But, yeah, I'm. Oh, they're they're still unaffiliated, right? Correct. I think Are they eventually going to join the Pac-12? That's part that's of been that's Big been 12. proposed. Big Twelve. Okay, I'm gonna go BYU on that one. Moving on now to the land of the NFL, we're doing a rare 
Thursday night matchup here on the for our weekly pickums. But we have the Buffalo Bills tonight taking on the defending Super Bowl champions, L.A. Rams. It's going to be at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. That's at 7:20 on NBC and Peacock. Daniel, who you got? I love Peacock. I'm going to go with Buffalo. I'm going with Buffalo too. I think they just got the. We've been praising Buffalo all show, except minus you saying the Patriots are going to win the division. Yep. But that's what they do. Yeah. I'm going to go Buffalo on this one. I think Matthew Stafford's arms a little bit more questionable since that injury. Fair enough. Moving on now, we have the Pittsburgh. I was about to say the Pirates. The Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals coming off an appearance in the Super Bowl last year. Daniel, who you got? Uh, give me Cincinnati. I don't trust Pittsburgh at all until they get that quarterback room figured out because they have three backups. So I'm going to go with the Bengals. I'm going Bengals too. Just you need to get keep Joe Shicey healthy. Hopefully that offensive line looks like it improved on paper from last year. But they, unfortunately, it was me and you both know they still have Eli Apple, which caused terror among yeah. both, of our, both of our organizations. So, But it's good that they're playing a team that can't pass the ball that well. So True. I'm going with Cincinnati. We already talked about this one a little bit earlier, but it's New England at Miami. That's at 12 p.m. on CBS on Sunday. Daniel, you got? The road to the um, AFC East Championship starts now. Um, it's all about Belichick. It's all about Mac Jones. It's all about the Patriots. So give me the Pats. I realized I called the NFC, the uh, AFC e, um, the AFC East the NFC North earlier. So well, I at least you way. didn't promise Twitter updates from a press conference and forget to tweet about the press conference. It's all good. Forgive and forget. Uh, I'm going Miami on this one. I think Miami wins one game every year against the Patriots. I don't think they're going to win in Foxborough this year. So no way. I'm going Miami. Okay. Moving on now, we have the Baker Mayfield brawl. That is the Cleveland Browns taking on the Carolina Panthers, 12 p.m. at the Bank, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. On Sunday, Cleveland again playing with backup quarterback Jacoby Brissett for the first 11 games. Daniel, who you got? Uh, Baker Mayfield's going to have like 400 yards. Yeah. I trust Baker to get this job. I done. do too. If I think we're gonna do it, I'm gonna be. He'll be up. laughing all the way to the gonna bank. Be... Nice one. I like that one. High five. Yeah, just gonna be gonna be good. I'm gonna eat my Cajun filet biscuit during that one. I'll yeah. be one too. Yeah, I got the Panthers in that one. Moving on now to the Sunday night game, Sunday night football. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the boys, the Dallas Cowboys. Seven twenty on NBC and Peacock. Daniel, who you got? Um, I believe it's pronounced the girls. But I think that they're going to win this one. Really? Yeah. I just don't. I, I like their front seven, and I don't trust Tampa Bay's O line. Fair enough. I'm going to go with Tampa. I learned not to bet against Tom many a times. So I'm going to go with them. And finally, the game everyone's been waiting for we have the Auburn Tigers. Auburn taking on San Jose State. It's going to be at Auburn. That's 6 30 on the U, ESPN U. That is this Saturday night in Jordan-Hare Stadium in Auburn, Alabama. Daniel, who you got? No shot that Auburn loses. Now the question is, does Auburn cover? 23, think? yes. I think Auburn covers as well. I got the Tigers. I'll be in the box for it. But we go for the first time. And, Daniel, any closing thoughts before we wrap it up? Uh, another great show. Another uh, great show. Good time, as always. Thank really you. enjoying it this semester on a roll. Don't worry for our fans of our coverage of other sports. We'll be back with some more sports next week. We'll be here tonight, too, as well. We will be here tonight. Listen to Auburn's hopeful win over the UMass Lowell Riverhawks. Um, I hope Auburn gets the dub for sure. So I think that's for sure a thing that can happen. And, uh, yeah, War Eagle. War Eagle. See you all later.
Thank you for tuning in to the Eagles Nest. We enjoyed bringing you updates on everything going on in the world of sports. If you missed any of today's show, you can catch the podcast version wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke and at the Griggs B. Until next time, this has been the Eagles Nest. See you next week. Thank you.